0: over time what he would fix if he had a magic wand don't rush when you think you've zeroed in on the issue he cares about most move into agitation and lay in the blame see if you can get him to say out loud that he's ready to do something to solve this problem and to name who's responsible move into a plan to win Inspire him with a think an idea of strength in numbers, ask him to commit to a specific action, do some inoculation about the risks and ask him to recommit. Set a follow-up plan when you'll be back and in touch. Afterwards debrief with your partner, find out how he felt about the conversation. Did you correctly identify his top priority issue? What else could you have asked about? What parts of the conversation really made him think? What parts did he enjoy? If he agreed to take the action, why did he decide to do it? If he didn't, what could have made him reconsider? These one-on-one conversations will be the building blocks of your organizing. But you probably can't have index talks with every person in your workplace. There are only 24 hours in a day. Plus, you probably found some co-workers you can't get through to. For you, they're like a brick wall. Someone else might be have better luck if only you had a team working in sync. So how do you figure out who to start with? Which people do you want to draw into the core group? How can you form a communications network that reaches everybody? Find out in Lesson 3, Map Your Workplace and Its Leaders. That wraps it up for this evening's Labor Radio. This Monday and every Monday from at 6 p.m. I'm Jamie Partridge, your host. We've been reading excerpts from Secrets of a Successful Organizer. Stay tuned for Prison Pipeline.
1: I'm Amy Goodman, host of Democracy Now! You're listening to KBU 90.7 FM.
2: Baby, you
1: understand me now
3: Hello, you're listening to Prison Pipeline here on KBOO Community Radio. Uh, Today we're talking with Penny Hess, the chairwoman of the African People's Solidarity Committee and the author of Overturning the Culture of Violence. Penny, welcome to Prison Pipeline.
1: Thank you, Emma. It's great. It's an honor to be here. Thank you. Um, so for
3: starters, can you tell us what happened last July um, in St. Petersburg, Florida, and also in St. Louis, Missouri?
1: Yes. On July 29th at 5 a.m. Central Time, which is St. Louis, Missouri, uh, at the very same time at 6 a.m. Eastern in St. Petersburg, Florida, the FBI very violently and brutally raided the home of Chairman O'Malley Ishtela here in St. Louis, located in the most impoverished neighborhood of St. Louis, where he works and organizes to uplift the African community, building programs for for economic and, and political power in the hands of the African working class. And his home and the home of his wife the deputy chair of the African People's Socialist Party. Ona Zaneh was raided. They, they sent in uh, flash bang grenades and broke windows with drones, came around the back door, the front door. They um, you know, just forced him down the stairs. He went down the stairs with his hands up. They broke down the door, it broke open the door They had the laser sightings at his chest to let him know that they had the power of life and death over him, as they have done to so many African people struggling for the liberation and, and, you know, upliftment of their community over many, many years, all the way back to Marcus Garvey. So um, they... uh, you know, just held them. They handcuffed both of them. They sent a drone up into the apartment. They uh, they wanted them to to sit down on the curb as they do to African people, and uh, they the the chairman and deputy chair refused to do that, and they uh, you know just held them for for hours until finally you know they asked are we being are we under arrest and they said no and you know it, it was it was outrageous at the very same time they came to in st petersburg florida to the uhuru house and i I'm, i I'm, I'm just want to say that there were fan loads of whatever you would call it in armored vehicles of these agents it wasn't like one or two it was maybe 20 at each location and at the uhuru house in st petersburg florida there were you can see the video of at least 40 or 50 they broke down every door in that building and the outside doors steel doors went through every file every closet every possible thing um, that you know that that they could just do to distro- to destroy it they went to Um, The chairman and deputy chair's home in St. Petersburg, they weren't there, they were in St. Louis. They they broke down those doors, went in, went through everything there. They took all electronics, phones, files, archives, photographs, everything um, that, you know, the African People's Socialist Party, I would just want to say is the headquarters have been in St. Petersburg uh, at the Uhuru House for, Wow, 35 years, 35 years it's been there, but also St. Petersburg, Florida is the home of Chairman O'Malley and There've been other headquarters there prior to that. And he has been active in, in that town since 1966. So they also went to to the home of Akile Anai, who I think you have interviewed also, who is the director of the community radio station that's in, located in the Uhuru House of the Burning Sphere Newspaper, which is the journal of the African People's Socialist Party that has been put out since the 1960s. Um, and the, um, you know, just, just really, it's just a wave of destruction. And here in St. Louis, like I said, they went to the chairman's house. They also came to the Uhuru Solidarity Center. They raided it. This is, um, I'm a member of the African People's Solidarity Committee, as you mentioned, and our our work is to, to work under the leadership of the African People's Socialist Party, going into the white community to build solidarity, genuine solidarity for the right of African people to work and organize for their freedom and to fight for reparations from the white community to return the stolen wealth that that we all live on. And I'll say more about that later, but they came to this center, which is actually a building in the white community on the South side of St. Louis and a very well-traveled street at 2654 Graboy Avenue near Jefferson, if you know St. Louis, it's just, you know, you mm-hmm. see all the time. It's very important. People know this place, people respect it. And they, um, you know, they just again were hit there for hours out front. They used a high-powered battering ram connected to their car to break down the steel doors here, and and also people living comrades living in the apartments upstairs. Jesse and Amanda, um, they broke down their door, brought them down, handcuffed them, put them in a in a police armored vehicle van for hours. And, um, you know, they had to stay there, even though at a certain point, they also asked, "Are we under arrest?" Um, and they said, "No." even though they were handcuffed, uh, they, you know, they couldn't go because the center was wide open. all the door the doors were completely, completely ruined. So they had to be replaced, you know, ASAP.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: then they came to my house at the same time, my house that I share with uh, comrade Kitty Riley. Um, in the white community basically white community of of St. Louis on the south side um, they came up again at 5am they had a high powered battering ram they burst open the door and the frame was destroyed of the door so it couldn't close again and um, also took all of our electronics, took everything held us at gunpoint in the living room for six hours as they basically went through the whole house and took all of our computers even old ones um, phones anything you know ipad anything that was that they could find they took and uh, files and took pictures of everything went through every possible thing in your closet and your you know drawers etc so you know it was it was really really outrageous and the thing that is really important about it two things one is that this is what this government this colonial state has done to african people every time they rise up to be free that they that they organize you know this this was a uh and this is an organization that does nothing but work for the people it is organizing the people it builds institutions that just that same day that that they attacked the chairman's house just a few blocks away at the Uhuru house here in St. Louis at 4101 West Florissant the for whatever reason they did not attack that and there was an a doula training program that went on as scheduled that was scheduled for that day they had um nearly 20 young or African women from the neighborhood who would have never had the ability to be trained as a doula. Um, they, they went ahead and did it. There were, you know, people that they're coordinating it, they were trained midwives and, and the healthcare assistants from the African community who were there training, it went on. Just that is so the style of the Uhura movement and the leadership of Chairman O'Malley Chatella. But I also, you know, I also want to say that, The U.S. government has also attacked and assassinated African people around the world who are struggling in Africa and other places, such as Patrice Lumumba, who had the courage to to become the prime minister of the first independent state of Congo in the 19—I think the late 1950s or early 60s, actually, and who— at the independence ceremony, mean it very clear to the representative of the colonizer nation, Belgium, that the resources of Congo were going to go to the people of Congo, not they were not going to continue to be um, you know, stolen by the colonizer country. And he just within a, three months, he was he was kidnapped, he was brutally held and, and beaten and tortured for at least a whole month. And then he was shot in the middle of the night. They chopped up his body and put it in acid. I mean, you know, this is what they do to African people. And I think the thing, one of the things that is very, very important in this case, for the first time in history, the African revolutionary movement had built an organization of white solidarity to uh, to act to go behind enemy lines. That's how the chairman says it. You know, go into the white community, organize other white people, to look at the truth, look at the reality that that exists in this country, how this country was built on on the kidnapping of African people, the stolen labor, on land that still belongs to the indigenous people where genocide was committed against them in order for us to be able to have this. And indigenous people live on on concentration camps called reservations, where they had the greatest impoverishment of this country. And it was really significant that we had to be attacked too. We understand that this attack was against Chairman O'Malley Chantella, against the African People's Socialist Party and the Uhuru Movement, but it was really important that we had to they had to attack a white organization a white front let me say a white front of the party you know in in the white in the white community for the first time they had to do that and and maybe you know it did perhaps take away the isolation that you know that that they were trying to perpetrate against against all the homes and offices of the party member. It's a strategy of the African People's Socialist Party. And I think it was really important because, you know, they came for Fred Hampton in Chicago, the FBI and the local police department, and at 4 a.m. And there was no, you know, there there was no outcry from the white community after that. They assassinated him and Mark Clark in 1969. Um, there was no concerted outcry or anybody from the white community who said, "We are from the white community and we condemn this and you cannot do this to, you know, to African people." So I think I think it is really really important. Um, Chairman O'Malley Shatel is a brilliant leader. Just you know, he's amazing and courageous and has fought for. Um, the liberation of African people and the continuation of the African revolutionary movement of the 1960s to be completed. So, and I mean, he's done that since day one. He's formed the party 50 years ago and he um, he continues to to fight today. He's 81 years old. He's, you know, he's amazing. He's created a political theory that we can understand called colonial, the colonial mode of production, African internationalism.
3: Thank you. Um, we're talking with Penny Hess um, with the African People Solidarity Committee uh, about the raids on the Uhuru movement and um, the uh, possibility of indictment by the FBI. Yes.
1: Um,
3: Penny, can you tell us, what uh, what, if any, charges are you and other members of the African People's Socialist Party facing and what is what are they saying? Yes,
1: that is so important. Thank you for asking that. Well, this, okay, this is an indictment against a Russian national in Russia, who's not, who's not going to come, you know, sauntering over to the United States. I mean, And, that it is saying that the that indictment names four what they call unindicted co-conspirators, which means you're in legal limbo, limbo, so to speak. You have no you you have no charges against you yet, but you have this hanging over your head, but there's nothing, there's no legal recourse yet that you can take until charges are filed and um so the the african people's socialist party and chairman you know or have organized to get a legal team together to be able to be prepared to take this on and it's a great legal team really 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 powerful and the strategy that the chairman is putting out is to put them on trial to put the state on trial and which he's absolutely been doing since day one since july 29th the um there are indications that we will be indicted the four unindicted co-conspirators would be indicted and others of other, they can anybody they're just saying others from the uhuru it's a big movement i you know just who knows what that could be the charges Revolve around crazy, bogus, absolutely ridiculous charges of the that the African People's Socialist Party and members of the anti-globalization movement in Russia, which isn't was an organization that the movement had a relationship with that had invited the chairman to speak at their conferences with many other organizations from around the world. And I believe the chairman went there on two occasions. And they are saying that the African People's Socialist Party is under the quote malign influence of the Russians specifically around the Local elections that the party held in St. Petersburg, Florida, in 2017 and 2019, which ran candidates for the you know for St. Pete St. Petersburg uh, councilmen and one for mayor um, on the platform of reparations. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you know that this is somehow this is the influence of the Russians. Mm-hmm. And it's also saying that the and this is this is mind-boggling. It says that the um the African People's Socialist Party has charged the United States with genocide, and that is from the malign influence of the Russians. When, let me say, first of all, that the question of genocide has been raised by the African liberation movement almost since the day that the uh, UN, you know, um, convention on the crime and prevention or the prevention of the crime of genocide was made public. And in the 50s, in the early 50s, Paul Robeson, William Patterson um, went to the United Nations in Switzerland and presented this piece which is a book called We Charge Genocide and they, they cited all of the testimony of the lynchings and the terror that African people faced um, in this country and charged the U.S. with genocide then and that has been certainly a rallying call of the African liberation movement, you know, ever since then, and certainly a profound part of everything that the African People's Socialist Party has done in its history, that I know from the Solidarity Um Committee that this we were formed. The African People's Solidarity Committee, by the way, Emma was formed in. Uh, 1976, and by 1978, we were called on, and we did hold every year in Oakland and Berkeley, going from Oakland to Berkeley, a march or a walk against genocide. And we have pictures of that. We held banners of that, you know, and calling for reparations to African people. And the the party. Or the International People's Democratic Uhuru Movement, which is one of the party's mass organizations, put up on change.org, I think about maybe seven or eight years ago, a similar kind of petition called We Charged Genocide, which um or Africans called genocide. That's that's what the petition was called, Africans Charged Genocide. So yeah, so this is what they're saying. They're saying that that the party and the russians conspired they're saying the russian government we were the chairman was um in a, you know talking to a you know a member of this organization but in any case um they're saying you, you know that, that they were conspiring for a malign influence in the united states and i mean there's no basis for this is just absurd and and really really colonialist and demeaning to African people you know and it's just it, it, as far as the, the chairman is concerned and the movement is concerned is bring it on
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you know we're putting you on trial you have to explain why do we have to raise the question of genocide What that's the question that has to be asked you know asked not did we say this or that, you know? So it's just, it's absolutely ridiculous, but it is a serious attack. And it's certainly the most serious attack since the 1960s against, you know, against the African movement, when we saw just the wave of of, of murders, assassinations, and then um, framing people up like Matulu Shakur and Sundiata Kohli, who just got out now. After almost 50 years, you know, as political prisoners in the United States government will not even admit it has political prisoners. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is the most serious attack. It's an escalation. It's a it's a return to the COINTELPRO kind of tactics um, against a movement that is there, that is transparent. If you want to know anything about the African People's Socialist Party, it is on the pages of the Burning Sphere newspaper, what they stand for, what their platform is, what they do. It's on their websites. It's in their mass organizations. And I really do want to call on people to go to handsoffahuru.org. It's just a huge, wonderful, um, very empowering uh, collection of, of videos and, and writings and you know, support messages from scores of organizations and, and shows how many you know donors and people who have donated and how you can volunteer and uh you know so it's it's really just the counteroffensive that that the party is leading is very very powerful it is very much of an honor to to be under the leadership of this I am proud to be an unindicted co-conspirator if I if that means that this government, this vicious warmongering you know, violent colonial government against the majority of the people on planet Earth, including African people inside this country. Um, If it considers me in the camp of those, you know, the leadership of Chairman O'Malley Chatella, then so be it. And I do want to say that as a white person, I will fight for, of course, the right of African people to fight for their freedom, but I will also fight for my right to stand in solidarity with African people and the oppressed and colonized people on the planet Earth, and to fight for reparations to African people. They they are not going to make that illegal. You know, we are fighting against this.
3: Thanks. Um, we're talking right now with Penny Hess. Um she's the chairwoman of the African People's Solidarity Committee. Um uh, last year in July, the FBI raided um homes. Of the who am seven the homes, t-
1: seven homes and offices. Yes. Thank
3: you. In uh, Saint Petersburg, Florida, and also in Saint Louis, Missouri, and um, they have uh, named as unindicted co-conspirators Chairman O'Malley Yeshitali, uh, Akilia and I, uh, Penny House and Jesse Neville. Um, so we have about five minutes left, Penny. Um, can you tell us uh, just in the last couple of minutes, uh, how can people get involved if they wanna support the campaign to show solidarity with the Uhuru movement? Yes. Um, and with 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 this cause?
1: Well, let me say, you know, that the the, the solidarity from the white community is really, really important that we don't stand by and just let it, just assume, oh, well, this is what they do to the black community. You know, we, it's sad, but you know, we are, there's, what can we do? Well, we have to do something. We are called on to do something. We have to go into the white community and organize and say that as white people, we refuse to allow this government to lay a finger on Chairman Omali Shetela or Deputy Chair or any of the leaders you know, and, and organizers of this incredible movement that are working, you know, building basketball courts and you know, doula programs and, and uh, job training programs for African people and, and who are fighting for power, not against racism. They're fighting for political power. that's something that we have to understand they're fighting against colonialism and they're asking us to do that too and that let me say two things i want to again call on everyone to go to the website handsoffohuru.org and to um you can sign up there you can be on the newsletter you can get notifications when we have the mass events we're having an event um from that committee uh, led by the incredible chair Mueze Odom, which is a very dynamic force from San Diego. Um, and that event on, on uh, January 21st, on Saturday, will include Ward Churchill, Chairman O'Malish Shetela, um, Hands Off Cuba, uh, Anak Bayan, you know, other colonized forces who are fighting the, um, the FBI and the colonial state as well. And from the Uhuru Solidarity Movement, which is the organization that we build, and we we have a lot of wonderful members there in Portland. And just, wow, we've spoken there, we've just had a, always had a great response, just huge support from Portland.
3: Great. Well, honey, thank you so much for joining us tonight on Prison Pipeline. You have a good evening. <laughs> listening to KBOO Portland on 90.7 FM, K282BH Philomath on 104.3 FM, and K220HR Hood River on 91.9
2: FM. One, two, three, four. Y'all ready for this? Ladies and gentlemen.
3: It is Hard Knock Radio, David D. hanging out with you this afternoon. We want to bring attention to disturbing news that is coming out of Texas, in the border town of Eagle Pass, which is two hours outside of San
0: Antonio. It is the latest incursion of the so-called border wars that have